This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of Sporting Max, where today I'm joined by an NBL star who played for the Cairns Taipans this season, NBL 22. He's a hotly contested free agent at the moment, looking to side with the club, Jordan Natai. Jordan, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you? Thank you for having me, Max. It's been really good. I'm really good right now. Now, Jordan, just to start off, I want to get into, you know, your childhood. Can you tell me a bit about what growing up was like for you? Um, so... A lot of my childhood, I spent a little bit of time in Australia when I was young, uh, in Sydney. Mum had a mum had a job off over there. Played a lot of rugby league, um, not a lot of basketball to be honest. Yeah. Ended up moving back to New Zealand, um, and then started playing rugby le- rugby union. Um, was going really well in that that aspect, and then it wasn't until high school, my very first year of high school, is where I started playing basketball. So, what were you like as a rugby player? Uh, so I was a I played lock and number eight. Um, yeah. I was very, I was a very big boy, <laughs> um, but no, I really enjoyed it. Had a lot of passion for it. Um, if you had asked me as a little kid what was my dream, I would have told you I wanted to be an All Black. And then that dream kind of changed once I started playing basketball and I got to high school. So then, there's always a decision time for an athlete. When was that decision time for you? Was that sort of 16 or 18 or as you got older? And how did you make that decision to go with basketball? Yeah, so it was about, I want to say like. 13, 14. Um, so I was playing rugby when I got to high school and um, they had a they had an age group called under 15 rugby, which is the kind of age group you play when you get to high school. And um, one day I was just waiting for practice outside and it started raining. New Zealand's not the greatest weather. Yeah, yeah. So I went, in, went into the basketball gym, just waited, waited for practice, waiting while I was waiting for rugby practice. And um, the junior, the junior basketball team needed an extra player to play five or five. So they only had four or five. Coach asked if I wanted to join in. Joined in. Next day, I quit. Quit rugby, and wow, that was the end of it. So how'd you go in that five, in that five on five with the junior team? Ah, uh, yeah, I tell you, I wasn't the greatest, but I could catch a ball and could stay yeah. in front of a person. Um, yeah. But again, uh, I really fell in love with the game super quick. Like I was always in the mornings. The next the next day, they had a seven thirty training. I said I'll be there. Yeah, wow. went down. Was there trading, told the rugby coach later in the day that I'm quitting. Um, my family thought it was a bit of a weird choice just because they <laughs> never really played, yeah. never really seen me play basketball. But then that next year, uh, my second year of high school was when I started actually making like New Zealand junior national teams and going to New Zealand junior national camps. So that whole first year of high school was me just working hard at basketball. So can you take me through that first year of high school where you're 13, 14, you, you're at the point starting playing basketball, you can just sort of pick up a ball, dribble and shoot. So, you know, a year on from that, how much training was in that period of time in a year to be able to then go and, you know, start to make New Zealand national teams? Yeah, a lot, a lot, really a lot because um, the the senior coach for the my high school team, he was a former player, but he was the one that was like, could kind of see potential in me as well. And even even my junior coach even saw potential in me. And so early morning practices, I was doing individuals with them, 6 a.m. to 7, and then trying to get to school straight away. Um, and then we'll have our team practices after school. And then they would even have like little social games against the adults, like guys that were just kind of there just to bully you and beat you up and try and be physical. 
Um, so it was kind of like maybe three times a day where I was just playing basketball. And then a lot of it also came from just started watching basketball, started learning more about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of helped me develop my my IQ. And then once my IQ started getting their skills started catching up and then it kind of just took off after that. Yeah, so can you take me through um, that the period of time sort of after and can you tell me about how you got the opportunity to you know, go to Sierra College in California? So, yeah, um, as I kept going through school, more offers started coming through. Um, I would say that I wasn't the greatest high school student. Um, yes. I never really <laughs> took school, school seriously, which I kind of regret, which I should have. Um, so that was part of the reason why I did have to go to Sierra College um, was to get my academic academic side up. Um, but before that, I had uh, verbally committed to BYU Hawaii, which is a Division Two school. Yeah. And getting that getting that scholarship was we went with the with the New Zealand Maori team, which is an Indigenous team. We went over to Hawaii and had a tournament over there, and we played against Shamanad. And I had probably one of my best games, which was like, I think, 28 and 14 or something like that. Something crazy like that. And the head coach for the school that the tournament was at, he was like, oh, we'll have a meeting with you the next tomorrow tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. Uh, I, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Yet. Yeah, I had no idea what this was going to be. Um, and then the next morning, they offered me a scholarship kind of was really shocked because that was my first offer um and then was, was that the moment where it hit you that you can make a pro career out of basketball pretty much and then even even making even making my the junior the junior new zealand national team kind of kind of that's where i was like well i can kind of make something out of this as well so each each year was just like trying to see where i can take this game where i can keep going at and try and further my career um but yeah, I said I told them, oh, let me go home, talk to my family, see how they feel. Um, maybe I think maybe two weeks later, I was like, okay, sweet, I'm gonna co- I'm gonna commit to you guys, um, but I've got to get the academic side up. So they yeah. said, well, you can't come straight from high school just yet. You have to go to a junior college, and so the junior college coach of Sierra, he had coached my assistant coach for BY Hawaii, so they had a little relationship there. Mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of ended up going to that school and I tell you I was definitely in a shell shock being going to a junior college where I had a crazy head coach didn't care who you were he was making he he was so so tough where he would just make you run 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 no matter no matter how close the games it was how hard practices were he didn't care he kind of was like no wow. excuses yeah so that got me in probably the best shape of my life um but I enjoyed my time there. It, it helped me prepare for BYU Hawaii. So what was your college experience like? I mean, not only on the court, but off the court too. Oh, Hawaii. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, I was right. I was probably like maybe five minute walk from the beach. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that's where my campus was, like right on the shoreline. Go, I'll go there, do, do some homework on the beach. We have our practices, like our weight sessions, our fitness sessions on the beach, just running, carrying weights, running on the yeah. sand. Um, it was honestly off the off the court wise, it was beautiful. Like mm-hmm. just the scenery of Hawaii, it's it's definitely paradise. The people were amazing that I met there. Um, whenever I get a chance, I always go back and try and catch up with old people there, old friends. So mm-hmm. 
So it was really beautiful. So 2012, you get an opportunity for sort of your first pro contract in the NZNBL with the Wellington Saints. Can you tell me a bit about this? Yeah, so I get back from college and um, the legendary Shane Hill is coaching coaching my hometown basketball team, the Wellington Saints. Um, <laughs> so I was that, like... Is that surreal? Oh, yeah, because I've because that's where I started, like, previously when I first started, that's where I started learning about the game and yeah. learning about Australian players like Andrew Gay, Shane Hill, and just how how certain type of personality Shane Hill had. Like, he was just that mongrel that was just going to get into you as a player, could shoot the hell out of the ball. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what he passed on. Like, he kind of passed on that mentality yeah. of, like, don't take nothing. Don't take nothing from anyone. Just, yeah. just go after it. Play your heart out, and things will start falling. But it was, it was honestly one of the best, best experiences I had. I've had it with the Wellington Saints so far, and then, um, the team we had a bunch of veterans. Me being one of the youngest boys on there, and then playing alongside guys like Corey Webster, um, Brian Bowman. Like we had a very, very star-studded team. Yeah. So, can, how did they approach you? Um, to try and get you to sign? Uh, so it was just basically one of the good time, my good time friends and guy that I kind of, that, that owns his family, um, own the organization, Jordan Mills and Nick Mills. They've, they've known, known me for a while since I was, since I was going through the high school age groups and the rep- representative age groups, they kind of kept an eye out. Um, and for me, it was always a, always a pleasure and honor to play for play for your home city and Saints had had such a great uh reputation of winning championships and so I wanted to be a part of that but also I wanted to um play with play with play against the best guys and mm-hmm. train with the best guys because you can always play against the good guys um game times and all that but you only get to do that maybe once every once or twice a week because it's just game situations whereas practices I'm practicing against these guys every single day and it's not a, and it's just only going to make me a better player so that was kind of my my looking at it yeah so you mentioned Shane here before on you know what it was like to play was it is there anything you tried to incorporate your game back then in 2012 with the Wellington Saints or as a junior when you sort of watched his highlight reels and things like that um definitely a shooting just like getting his perspective on on how he would come off some off certain screens, like what was his preferences, yeah. um, and and some some of his moments, what was his mentality as a shooter in this mo- in a certain moment, or what was he, what, what was his thought process? Um, but but that was mainly the, the main thing that I was trying to get from him, just just the just the shooter that he was. Can you tell me about coming off that contract with the Wellington Saints? You signed as a DP with the New Zealand Breakers, coming straight into the NBL. Um, what's what's that first season like in the NBL for you? And then how have you sort of you know managed yourself, your your diet, your training, and all that kind of thing since you came into the league? Yeah, it's been that first year as a DP was great because um, I was alongside. So me and Shay were our first years development with the Breakers. Um, we ended up living together as well, me, Shay, oh. and Ruben Sarangi. Yeah. So we all had a house together. And, Three superstars now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and honestly, like, those guys helped me a lot throughout the throughout the time. Like, we always still chat now. Like, 
Yeah. It's been, it's those friendships, those bonds that you create earlier on. And being with the Tall Blacks now, we still have that bond, like we still yeah, have sure. that friendship, that brotherhood. So earlier on, starting with starting with the Breakers as the Vamo player, um, again, going up against Corey Webster, Cedric Jackson, Ty Wesley, Mika Vakona, Tom Abercrombie, like those are some household names in the NBL. And Guys, Every, you obviously get to know well with the break with the tall blacks too. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm learning off these guys. Like these guys have been there and kind of done that type of thing. So they were great role models for me. And um, and now later in my career, I'm kind of hoping that I get to have those. I get to teach those same opportunities to younger guys coming through the league as well. Like I, I had some great role models and some great leaders. Um, Mika Vakona is probably one of the best leaders I've ever had. Not a guy that will say much to you, but just leads by example. Um, but, yeah, I think I think it's just been awesome. So are there any guys in the, at the Cairns type that you've sort of taken under your wing in the last few years? There's been certain certain guys, but also I'm still trying to – I'm still trying to learn from other guys. Like me and Scotty always had – me and Scotty always had that um, – player relationship where if I needed advice, I could go to him. If he needed advice, he can come to me. Um, even same with Mirko, with with Chucky. Like, it, we were a young team, but we were an experienced team in saying did, that also because a lot of guys... Take, did you take Big Ben Air under your wing? Oh, no. Ben Air? I, no. Bro, he, he is... <laughs> like, where he's at now, like, everyone was shocked to see how he played against Melbourne. Yeah. But we had seen that from day dot like he came in like that and he put his work in and to be honest he deserves everything that's coming his way like he's he's that guy that that's in the gym and putting in that work yeah um absolutely so can you tell me about your first experience playing senior level for the tall blacks in the FIFA championships yeah that was a that was a shocking moment for me i mean i was kind of like when i first got announced to it i was like is this really happening? Like, I'm a tall black now. Like, that's how I felt. And one of my first games was against uh, the Aussie team. And mm-hmm. I get on the court and I get um, – Joe Ingles was guarding me. <laughs> <laughs> so I get on the court yeah. and I'm just like, catch the ball, come off a turnout, catch the ball. And Joe Ingles doesn't look that tall to start with, but then he puts out his arms and his arms are like, Seven foot wide, seven foot wide. I'm like, what the hell? How am I supposed to pass the ball around these arms? <laughs> but like, again, it was awesome just to debut for them against Aussie, and I wouldn't have wanted to debut against anyone else because Aussie is Aussie and New Zealand have that little rivalry going on, and that and that was probably one of the better games to try to debut against. So, what does it mean to you to represent your country? Oh, it means everything to me. Um, for me. Representing my country means I'm doing my family proud. Um, I'm a big family person, single mother household. So she raised me and my sister. Um, and for me to put on that black jersey and to see the smile on my mom's face and my nieces and nephews. And and now I've even started the trend where I've got younger nieces and nephews now that are wanting to play basketball. Whereas prior, it was every, all the nieces and nephews wanted to play rugby. But now they're making that switch because I was able to change change the narrative in a way and show them that you can make a career out of this, um, but also having fun while doing it. Like 
I, I play basketball for for a job like yeah. that's kind of that's kind of mind-boggling in a way because it's a sport like I love to do this like I love to do basketball and not a lot of people can say that like not a lot of people can say that they love their job but I get to play basketball for a job like I'm privileged yeah, yeah. absolutely um so can you tell me in 2018 you won a bronze medal with the New Zealand Tall Blacks at the Commonwealth Games you, it's a major event um yep. in terms of the world it's like the Olympics except maybe a little bit of a step down can you tell me about what it's like to win a bronze medal at an event like that yeah i mean i was i was excited like i've never never really won a medal on that sort of level before so for that to be my first one um it really did open my eyes to like wow this is this is a really special moment like i try to not take it for granted um but we had a great bunch of guys especially living in the living in the uh, commonwealth games village like that was a whole different experience because it's not not every day where New Zealand does get to go to the Olympics as a basketball athlete. Mm. So to kind of experience the village life as an athlete in the, in the village, um, being on the Gold Coast, like it was awesome, and I got a lot of memories from that. So what was the village like? Like the atmosphere there, and you know, mingling with and chatting with you know teams in other countries. Yeah, um, it was really good. Like you got to, I got to meet like a, even from the even from my own country, I got to meet a, meet a lot of rugby players, um, a lot of sevens players. Like, and then you kind of just found out like mutual relationships or mutual friends um, as you go along. Um, you did get to see the different the different uh, cuisines because they did have this massive yeah. kitchen area, and this was probably one of the first times I tried Jamaican food. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it was actually really good. Like just just incorporating and experiencing other people's cultures, not from a from like a food standpoint, but also from like just saying hello to to a Jamaican athlete, like or saying hello to an England England athlete. Like it was just like you walk by them every day. I wish yeah. I would have seen Usain Bolt though. Yeah, that was one thing I miss. <laughs> That's <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> who's the who's the who's the best athlete? Um, you met along the way in your career. Um, yeah, I mean, at the World Cup, we got to play against Giannis. Yeah, like wow. that yep. was that was probably like he is definitely a freak. Like just just yeah, seeing him there play. Ever, at, was there a one on one situation where you had to try and take him on? Or no, no, because I felt <laughs> like I wanted that moment. Yeah. But like, honestly, just watching him like when we when we got our got our teams called out like Greece and New Zealand, and you just see him and he's lining up like he's just towering over everyone. Yeah, like he's just this big juggernaut that's like six, six, eleven, seven foot, yeah. <laughs> and he's moving he's moving like a guard. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, like I've never I've never seen anything like that before. Like that was crazy to see. Yeah, um, can you tell me about? Uh, the New Zealand Breakers and your your championship experience that year. Yeah, so that was the year um, where I had fractured my foot as well. So so towards the end of the season, I was in a moon boot for maybe like the last for the last maybe two and a half months of the season. Mm. But prior to that, that was probably one of the hardest working teams I've been a part of, just by how they competed. Like no, everyone on that team hated to lose. Like 
if if we were playing if we were scrimmaging and ended practice and one team didn't like the way the way it ended, we'll keep continuing. Like it was a lot of great players wanting to be better, um, and then towards the end of the season, and then that game winning shot against Cairns, like. Again, I've never been a part of that. Like I've been yeah. a part of some great moments before. Yeah. For someone to hit a game-winning shot on the buzzer, like yeah. to me, that was again, that was like another great experience. Like you see everyone, everyone rushing the court, and I'm and I'm in my moon boot. And yeah. I'm like hobbling yeah. to everyone, like trying to sprint there. I'm sprinting yeah. my fastest yeah. in my moon boot, but. You, if you go back and watch it, you'll see once they make once once Akine makes the shot, Shea is probably the fastest dude on the team, and he's already in the huddle before yeah. everyone before yeah. the players on the court get to him. Yeah. And then you'll see me hobbling, hobbling to the crowd, hobbling to the boys, and it was just like a sigh of relief because watching how hard they worked and the rewards they got after that, it was just it was just nothing nothing you could nothing you could imagine. So was it like playing a championship with someone like Shaylee? Yeah, I mean, we I wish we had got a chance to play in it because we were we were development players that year, but I'm still hoping that door hasn't shut. Like maybe maybe we re reunite like myself, Shay and Rue do end up on the same team one day. And we do have have a chance to get a championship together, but I mean to see where he's at now, to see where they're both at is awesome. Like they're both made solid careers. Like Shay's coming off one of his career best years of the season. So, mm. so yeah. Can you tell me about in 2020 song with the Cairns Taipans? Can you tell me a bit about this? I mean, Mike Kelly's coming in at the head um, and how did he approach you? You know, he's been a Melbourne United assistant coach first time as a head coach. Yeah. So prior to that, we had had the New Zealand the New Zealand NBL bubble because COVID happened. So yeah. I was playing in that. Uh, we ended up winning the that tournament, me and JK. So JK through the through the NZ bubble was kind of talking to me saying, oh, you know, Cairns Taipans are looking at you, like just be aware, be ready. Um, and then I had heard that they wanted to sign me. So my agent had got on the call and ended up getting the, the two-year deal done um but like i just felt like after the breaker season i just needed a, a, a refresh button like i'd been there for six years yeah. um things are just were going up and down up and down and i just needed to to get out of to get out of new zealand and kind of find my find myself find find where i where i belong in the league and i thought Kansas was the perfect place for that um, I thought Mike Kelly did a hell of a job um, coaching me and just allowing me to be me. Um, I think I had my best season with him. Um, but but yeah, like I just needed that refresh that refresh hit from the breakers, and I thought Cairns was the perfect place. Now in 2021, I know I know you won't remember this because it was April. I jumped on I jumped on a Zoom for the press conference, and I was like. I was like, I was asking you and Mike Kelly questions. And at the end, I was stoked because he because he remembered my name. I was so stoked. <laughs> he goes, at the end, I was like, thanks, Mike. And he's like, thanks, Max. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And, and when I got on there, I'm like, I was like, I'm like, 
Sjórnatóðan, ekki sjórnatóðan. Yeah. Honestly, Mike is probably one of the, the greatest guys off the court. Like, he is, he is awesome. Like, we still keep in contact to this day. Even, even when he's in Perth, like, uh, to see what he's doing in Perth and being an assistant with, with that team, I think, is amazing. Um, but, yeah, he's a great guy. Like, um, honestly, that, you telling me that story doesn't surprise me because he's, he's that type of guy. Like, he tries and remembers everything about someone. Even if it's a small detail, he'll try and, yeah. try and, no, try and notice that. Yeah, so when, when you had Adam Ford come um, as head coach, was there any speculation whether you, you, you know, you'd be hanging around Cairns? Yep. Yep. I mean, me and me and Forty, because Forty was over in New Zealand coaching the the Hawks Bay Hawks for a bit, and so we we had caught up when uh, we were over here for a bit, and he was excited. I was excited as well because I had tried to come off this injury, and I was just in my head. I was like, oh, I need this to bounce back even even better than what I was before. Um, but I credit Forty for for allowing me the time I needed to get my foot right. Like I, he had, he had tried to do everything by the book and then it was just up to my body to try and try and navigate it. But things happen. So, yeah. So you've mentioned a couple of times um, throughout the podcast, your relationship with Scott Machado. Can you tell me about, a bit about that? Yeah. He's, he's been a real helping, a helping hand for me. Like he's probably one of the better PGs I've played with um, just by his, his passing ability is, is unmatched. Like, but again, other than basketball, off the court, another great guy. Like if we go back throughout this podcast, and I'm telling you all these teammates I've had, and I've just been lucky. I've been blessed to have to have a lot of great teammates throughout my throughout my career. Um, but for me, Scotty was when I first got to Cairns. He was the guy that kind of first time I got there because he had been there previously for for the season, and he was the guy that took me out to dinner one of the first nights I got there, kind of just to. To introduce himself, yeah. show show how he wants the season to go. We had a and we just clicked from there. Like anything he needed, just just hit me up, give him a text. Anything I needed, it was the same same energy. So he was the one. He was the guy that kind of like if we even needed anything, we just go go to each other. But but yeah, he's been a real really awesome for me. So what was, what, what was he like last season as a coach in training and things like that? Was he strict? Was he getting used to run or, you know, let you guys play your own game style and, you know, show what you got? A bit of both. Like, there was a bit of structure that that um, he wanted, but then he did, wanna, he did want you to shine in your moments. Like, if you, if you had your opportunities and it was a part of your game, be confident and take those opportunities as they come. But try and do it in the structure, which was which was what we kind of needed as well. But he was always that guy that would give you confidence. Like that's the one thing that he didn't want to waver was stay confident in yourself, stay confident in your shot, stay confident in your game, and everything else will just kind of take care of everything else. So it was a bit of a disappointing season, NBL twenty two for the Kansas Taipan, sort of finishing near the bottom of the ladder. What are you going to try and do? Um, next season if, if you do return to the Cairns Taipans to make sure there's a bit more of a gelled group. I mean, I know there was a heap of injuries. Scotty was out. I mean, there was different players having to step up, like Ben at the end of the season, you know, yep. in difficult circumstances, especially. Yeah, I think uh, staying healthy is probably the biggest one. I mean, this was the first time 
I've been a part of a team and we haven't had our, we didn't play one game with our fully rostered players. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's crazy. Like we have all these talented players, but then like I sit out the first four games, Scotty sits, Scotty gets injured and gets and sits out four or five games. And then Nate, Mirko, Juki, Taj, like to me, that was crazy because we had a, we had a talented roster. We were starting to put things in place and we just couldn't stay healthy. Um, I felt like if we had done it differently and everyone was healthy, I think the narrative could have been different. Mm-hmm. But that's basketball, really. That's sport. you gotta got to take the injuries with everything else. Um, I felt like we were we were striving for, for good things on the defensive end. Um, and then offensively, it's just got to make shots at the end of the day. Can you tell me about your experiences? You're a full-time champion champion in the NZNBL. How do you compare that to your experience with New Zealand Breakers as, as a GP? I think it I think it helped me a lot just by doing the little things right. Like winning at the end of the day, winning comes down to little detail things. Like if you you gotta do the little the little details by running to the right spots, screening hard, um, even just passing the ball on on point like making sure that your passes are accurate like those are the little one percent of things diving on the floor um helping your teammates up if you're not playing like bringing energy like those are the one percent things that help you win championships and the things that don't go noticed a lot of the times but are needed to to be in the championship team um i think those things did help me because i at some at Earlier on in my career, I was one that was probably on the bench for a little bit. And so how could I contribute to winning was just by bringing energy, making sure I was there to support my teammates, um, hustling for the floor. And then when I did get my opportunities on the court, making shots, playing defense. And then later in my career, as we got to the two seasons where we went 20-0, my role kind of changed and I had a bigger part in that. So it was more or less like, all right, make shots, make plays, dive on the floor, like yeah. play defense. Like I've I've been blessed to have to experience two different two different ends of the spectrum of being a role player and then being one of the main players in a championship side. So can you tell me about the season at the moment with the Wellington Saints? Yeah, I mean it's a rocky start. Um, mm-hmm. I think the league has gotten a lot better. Um, the quality of players that have come over from the AMBL to to the New Zealand NBL and and local guys that have come back from from overseas or from AMBL and playing in this league, I think it has gone a lot better. Um, we have gotten off to a rocky start, but um, last night we did get a win against the Taranaki Mountaineers, so that was a good sight. Um, we finally have our full roster as well with uh, Xavier Cooks joining us this past week. So, man, he is he is a great great player. He is yeah. a great player. Like. I noticed that when he was playing for Sydney, just watching him, but being his teammate, he's he's awesome, man. So he, he does solve a, a lot of our problems. I mean, he's got to get an NBA contract, doesn't he? He's, he yeah. He's, he's like a story like Jock Landau. I mean, wins the championship, is instrumental player in them winning the championship. I mean, pretty much won them the championship, yeah. I guess. You put that in his hands and surely he's got to get an NBA contract. Yeah, I think, I think he's too talented not to. Like, he... He doesn't try and be what he's not. Like he knows he's not like he knows he's not a shooter. Like he's even said that to me. He's like, oh, 
I'm not going to stand out on three. A lot of the times I'm just going to crash, get to the hoop. And he knows that. Like, he knows the player he is. And I feel like guys, some guys or other players, they don't know who they are. They don't know their identity as a player. So they kind of go, they kind of struggle with how they're going to impact the game. Whereas X, he knows. Like, he knows that he's just going to rebound the ball, sprint the floor, get easy layups, find teammates. Like, I think he is an underrated passer. I think he is a I think he is a great and willing passer and he wants to find his teammates and he wants to see his teammates be successful. Can you tell me about what it's like to play with him and you know have sort of battles with him on the floor at training and you know be sort of a, a factor I guess and a part of his career? Yeah, I mean, we haven't had a he only had one practice and the practice was really just trying to get him involved with everything, so we haven't had a full-on practice yet which was kind of crazy, but um, nah, he's good, man. Like I think he's going to help us a lot. And I think for myself personally, he's going to make the game so much easier. Like we're already having conversations now throughout the game on like what we see, what we can do to be better. So those are always the right conversations you want to have going and in, going into a struggling start of the season. And then hopefully throughout the season, it just gets even better. What's it like to play with someone like Ben Air? I've got to ask questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, definitely he's he's good man. Like like I said earlier on, he's he's a guy that puts in the work and never wavers his confidence. Like because he knows how hard he works and he's put in the work and he knows that I've done this, I've been there, and he's just taking his opportunities as they come. Like throughout the start of the can season, he was he was uh, injured with his knee. So he kind of sat out a lot of the times, but I'm happy for him that he got his chance at the end of the season to to kind of show what he can do because there was a lot of a lot of days where he was just kind of practicing and no one really noticing the work that he had put in. So I'm glad once he got in against Melbourne in his home city, which was even more better, which it was even more more beautiful to see um, for the NBL and for others to see how he's playing and. I've kept up with the stats over with the Marlins. He's uh, yeah. he's definitely doing a great job scoring yeah. the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I think he's I think he's got a bright future. He's almost averaging a double double. He's averaging around thirty two seven and four. I think he is at the moment. Damn. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. I just had a look at his stats the other day. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen his post. He posts on his Instagram stories like highlights because like the club puts up yeah. highlights of him and things like that. Yeah, I might have to send him a message and yeah, yeah, and give him a congratulations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It was like I, I knew he had great stats, but like those are tough numbers. Like seeing seeing that, that's crazy. Oh well, it's NBL one. It's a bit of a bit. It's a bit of a step down from the NBL. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just before we finish up, Jordan, what can you, what's your best advice to anyone who wants to be a professional basketballer and you know be successful like yourself? Well, I always tell like little kids is have fun with the game. And then as, as you get older, start learning more about the game. Like I felt like my, my development, once I started learning more about the game and the history of the game, that's where my development just kind of, kind of took off because it was just like, well, I know how, I know how to play the game now. Let's see how hard I can work at perfecting my skills affecting shooting dribbling footwork like that that's probably the biggest separation is just like 
just how how much I learned the game because at because it all it always happens like as your career goes on, father time is always winning. Like you're never gonna out outlast father time. Yeah. But how long can can you learn the game and kind of adapt to different different situations in the game? But enjoy enjoy it, have fun. It is a journey, but it's basketball at the end of the day. Just gotta have fun. Thanks so much for coming on, Jordan, putting aside, you know, 40, 40, 50 minutes or so of your time to come on and have a chat. It's been an absolute honour and a pleasure to have you on. Best of luck with the Wellington Saints and Xavier Cooks and hopefully see you back out there on the floor with the Cairns Taipans next season. Thank you so much, Max. I appreciate that, eh? Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. Stay tuned for <laughs> Thank you so much. Sporting Wax. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.